to our third above podcast. Um, this is Dee and I'm here with my big sister Shirley. Hello there. Um, and it's been some time since we've uh, podcasted, if that's terminology. Uh, obviously lots of things going on in the world, lots of things going on with us, but we um, we felt like it was time to get back on and, um, and speak to you guys. So we are going to continue on a theme that we started before of some of the songs that we have worked on either together or separately. Um, title of this one would be Breakout, which we felt would be really appropriate because we are breaking out, breaking back, breaking out. We are, unless they give us another lockdown and then that's not going to be good. But we're all, we're together and right now, which is really nice because mm-hmm. we were doing this virtually before. Um, and I think it's really cool that the, the things we're talking about, the song titles that we've worked on seem to be appropriate. So... As Dee says, so today is Breakout, which was obviously a Swing Out Sister song. And um, I think we're going to try and hook in Corinne, right? I think we should try and reach out to Corinne. It might be nice to hear what it's like from her perspective, you yeah. know, being the artist um, who at the time was, you know, it's it a very, I think it was a first professional recording studio situation for her so we'll get to hear about what it was like from her perspective when we met when we started creating what became breakout and became mm-hmm. a song that you know many people over the world grew to love and yeah. buy and play yeah <laughs> and it'll be nice as well to get as you know she's a star you know the lead singer of swing out sister mm-hmm. and kind of how she feels about having friendships with people that she's worked with over the years whether that's she feels great to, to have that which i think she would definitely. yeah and i i, I think that stars in a way I think they need to have a security of friends around them as musicians too and I think that's often why a lot of um stars have the same musicians Mm. around them for Mm. a lot of years yeah well it's nice to be able to be with people that know you first as a human rather than a pop star Mm. or you know a celebrity of some kind because we're you know at the end of the day we're all just people trying to do what we do and love around other people that hopefully feel the same so it's it's there's a certain kind of security and comfort in that and I definitely experienced that with Corinne because I went on to do some more work with her after we did that initial sort of first album yeah um and so yeah so we'll get around and we'll talk about that let's do it all right here she is the one and only corinne from Woo-hoo! swing out sister hey. Hey. <laughs> oh, hello so there. good to see you oh, oh hello it's, it's great to see you in these strange times and faraway places but it still feels like we're so close and it was only like mm. yesterday when we we're all in a studio meeting each other for the first time <laughs> exactly i know funny enough that's what we were just talking about yeah <laughs> breakout breaking out we're all breaking out weren't we at the time <laughs> you were breaking out into being a pop star yeah <laughs> and I now was. you are one <laughs> well i don't know now it sort of comes and goes doesn't it, it comes and waves we've kind of stars in different places it's strange how things have changed since then we went from vinyl to cds to downloads and i don't really know what it is now do you <laughs> <laughs> no, it's definitely yeah it's, <laughs> it's definitely strange but um we've it's funny because we um, we keep bringing up breakout actually because I hear it all the time in movies and all kinds of things. I'm like, just does Corinne know it's on Pretty Little Things or it's on Pose? Or, but I guess you know, I don't know. I guess your publisher does all that stuff. Well, we get asked for approval on these things, but it's usually a year or two in advance, and and sometimes the description of the scene, you can't really work out what it was. I know the one for Pose. I I really couldn't work out. It's like Electra has her final. 
injection before I transitioned, I, I didn't really know what it was about. It wasn't made that clear. <laughs> um, but it turned out to be quite a groundbreaking series. And I kind of uh, suddenly all our gay friends in America were texting and sending Facebook messages. Do you know you're in one of the best scenes in Pose? It's, it's when Electra finally makes her transition and everyone's changing and all, everyone's got a successful point in their lives. And I'm going, wow, if I... If I'd have only known, but it, it, you know, it's it was like, so great. It was yeah. lovely. I was watching this this series, which I thought was amazing. It was fantastic, and then, wasn't you it? Know, yeah, this butt shot came on where she was getting, you know, getting the injection. And then all of a sudden, I hear us three singing. And I was like, what are you mean? <laughs> it's really weird, isn't it? If you were to reverse engineer that whole, you know, all those years between that being on pose and then it being like, hadn't even been made yet in the studio which is when we first met it's a bit it is bizarre isn't it yeah and it's great um what it actually means what a song and a piece of music can mean to so many people because um mm. it's it's not that obvious in the lyrics of the song it could mean anything but quite a lot of people did um get in touch with us and said it was their coming out song you know it, it actually wow. did help people in you know, in lives that that they were not part of or not belonging in to mm. come to really break out into being themselves. And mm. yeah, it's the sound and the exuberance and the way that was all put together. And I mean, you were a big part of that. I could remember when we were in the studio, I was a bit of a studio virgin. I was probably very intimidated <laughs> when you two rocked up and oh. Paul said, oh, here's Dean Shirley, Dean Shirley Lewis. And I can remember thinking, Lewis, I wonder if there are any relation to Linda, who I had loved as a kid, and he was really a great inspiration to me. And then when you said you were her sister, well, actually, I took one look at you and I thought, you've got to be related to Linda. <laughs> <laughs> you know, there's no Aww. doubt about it, Aww. but I didn't really ask you. I was I was a bit intimidated because that was Aww. one of the first That's... times we were in a proper recording studio. Yeah. yeah. That's amazing. You know what, though, for us too, it kind of, it made our Lewis sound, I mean, me indeed, aside, Linda aside, it, because we used that whole breathy um, sound that then everyone wanted us to do it after that. So, yeah. you know, that was a real first for us. Yeah. Well, there's a certain kind of like natural sort of, you know, way to blend with someone that you've grown up singing in the kitchen with. Yeah. You know, it's, not, it's not a huge stretch. Um, but it was, you know, talking about like the energy and especially when your song is used, you know, 30 years later in something that who would have known? It's reached so many people. Like, and I, I find, I never really know which one is going to kind of like have legs and spark and really touch and reach a lot of people. And Breakout obviously was one of those things. And I'm not sure you probably would have even known at the time when you were in the studio recording it, would you? No, although Andy had a very good feeling about this song. I know we had two chances. We were on a two singles deal with Phonogram. We'd already put one record out called Blue Mood, which is one of the very first demos I've done with them. And then with Breakout, again, this is our second chance. If this one isn't a hit, we get dropped. And so Andy had been writing a tune. He was inspired by Weather Report and the whole sort of West Coast jazz sound. Mm. Um, we didn't really find any ways to meet in the middle. Martin had been in magazines, so he was a bit more on a punk and a rock tip. 
And I just said, well, I like Northern Soul and Shirley Bassey. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. (laughs) And they're like, "Mm." and yeah, a bit of Dusty Springfield, the Supremes. And I I really don't think we had a clue how we were going to bring this all together. But Andy, in his mind, was writing, um, it was the Mexico World Cup while we were writing this song. So I'd gone up to Manchester and, you know, we were kind of... uh, I had two days off work to go and write a song. Andy was watching the football and it was the World Cup. I was going, oh, has it finished now? He said, yeah. And then it was on again and again. I thought the World Cup was one match, but, you know, they (laughs) play a few rounds, don't they? That's how much I knew. You've learned. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You've learned on the job. So so while he was watching the football, I had a chance to write some lyrics, which I hadn't really done before. And... um, yeah, uh, I thought I was somewhere between Michael Jackson in Thriller and Shirley Bassey singing Goldfinger. <laughs> I, I don't think it sounded like that to anyone else. But, but I do think it was a bit Supremes-esque, so... Yeah, yeah. yeah. it was actually, yeah. yeah. But that was thanks to you. You contributed that sound. I think we sort of... We had a feeling about it in, in the studio, and Andy was sure this this is the one, and I was like... Mm. I don't know, let's wait and see. But I think when you came to the studio, was it Master Rock or Sam West? I think it was Master mm, Rock, wasn't it, in Kilburn, which I isn't there anymore. I think it was Master Rock, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think it was. And I can remember singing a guide for the lead vocal and just crying and saying, this isn't our song anymore. <laughs> there's, so many, there's the arrangements, the horns, the strings. You know, we got this big sound from a little tiny demo of just a drum machine, Andy's keyboard and my vocal. And I got a bit upset because I thought, it's not very honest, you know. We're getting all these other people to come and do stuff on our album. It was fine before, wasn't it? Um, on our song, it wasn't an album at this point. And um, <laughs> Andy said, well, what are some of your favorite records? And I went, well, you know, Shirley Bassey, Goldfinger, Dusty Springfield, you don't have to say you love me. Diana Ross, Ain't No Mountain High. Do you think they did everything themselves on their records? (laughs) (laughs) So then I wasn't crying anymore. you had to take a seat. (laughs) Yeah, he said, come on, you're going to be a diva. You've got this fantastic sound behind you. Get on with it. And then you came along too and and contributed to that. And so, you know, I was like... Yeah, I thought about it from a different perspective. <laughs> it was an, another uh, another breakout moment for us too because we were doing a lot of sessions together and then Dee went on to do more stuff with you and I went off on tour, I think. I don't know, maybe I was... Yeah, you did a lot more touring. Yeah. ballet or something. And then Dee ended up working... Obviously, you guys are very close friends and... Well, the Lewis sisters, <laughs> you do come as part of the picture. And Patsy as well. Now I got Pat- to know your mum as well. The, the whole oh, Durham family. No. And Paul. Is he a and sister the, or and, brother? And Keith. <laughs> <laughs> He's a sister brother. <laughs> Well, hopefully we'll get to visit one day. I've been to many a party at Keith's house. And I think the reason we get on is because we do come from similar families who've had to make do and mend a bit. We've been brought up by a, you know, in a matriarchal society with a strong mama. And it was very funny when our mums met when you came up to Lincolnshire and my brother's band was playing. It's like, get up and sing a song. Who wants to get up? What about Corinne's mum, Dee and Shirley and Linda's mum and... It's like our mums both wanted to sing the same song. Can you remember Bill Bailey was oh, their our partner? Mums, 
<laughs> oh, totally, and they took over. Like, Linda and I couldn't get a look in on stage. I was like, um, hello. I love that. <laughs> the moms just took over the Lincolnshire, what was it like, some kind of hall? Or it was like just a village bed. hall, a little tiny village, village hall. hall. I thought village hall. It's like a tin shack in the middle of nowhere. But it was yeah, funny. So cute. Your mum thought uh, we were going to see Prince Charles um, <laughs> and Lady Di, because she said, brilliant. Oh, all through. I'm going, no, not all through. It's all thought. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that's so I know. Funny. I know look see if you hadn't been open to the idea of having singers on your record then we would never have met we'd have never had all thorpe all thorpe the lincolnshire experience oh, no. aside from all the other lovely times we've had i know oh, see? does it compare to your um trip to japan <laughs> i don't know it never will i think when you're there with family and it's like we came to many a party at your family saloon didn't we you know yeah, the the pub, yeah. your 21st birthday d we came to um that was in what the time was my brother keith's house actually in east london yeah oh how funny but you would have come to the pub i can't remember which pub it would have been around that time probably Pat's pub actually yeah um because i think my mum had sort of kind of moved out of pub publican life at that point mm. yeah um but yeah, any any excuse for a sing song. It was know, a world party, like I can remember. <laughs> but our Always. families, that's the other thing. Our families both love throwing parties. So I think that's yeah. probably how we got to to be um, show-offs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We were actually, Colourful. before you came on, actually, we were talking about people that are, you know, stars. And, and you, you do you feel like it's better to have people around you that you've known for a long time. Like, I, I, you know, I've worked with George Michael for years, obviously, before he died. And I felt like he always wanted people around him that he'd known for a long time. And I think sometimes that's why stars have a lot of the same musicians that they work with over and over and Definitely. over again. Definitely. I think you mm. just want that down-to-earthness. And, and it's nice to meet new people along the way, but I think you just want to keep a, a natural... Um, group of friends around you. I, th I think, uh, you know, you need something to keep your feet on the ground, especially when you're whizzing off all over the world and, you know, playing all kinds of places with people who like your music and sometimes it's not even the music. They like people like you and they want to be with you. And I think there's something about coming home and getting back together or being surrounded by a band that you've known mm. for a long time because... You know, it, it's real, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, and it's strange real. being on tour, isn't it? Because you're so well, you're on tour far away from everything. Yeah, and, uh, yeah, on tour, and actually on stage, it can be quite a vulnerable place to be. So if you can look around and know that you know the guitarist is going to have your back, the singer, especially being a singer, the other singers mm. on stage, whether they're doing backing vocals or lead vocals, there's this, you know, you're in a little club yourself. You're in the singing club and you have to take care of your voice. And, mm. you know, it's like, well, I'm feeling a bit rough today. I'm not sure I can make these notes. Don't worry, I'll cover you. That kind of, you know, that feeling where... It, it's invaluable. And it's like your safety net. You are surrounded by a safety net. Mm. And exactly what you say about if you, um, you know, have wreck your voice a bit or it's been a bit tough going a few days on mm. the run and you can swap harmonies you can swap places you know you get to know each other's thoughts inside out and it's really mm. reassuring to know you know that you can just rely and 
feel comfortable with the people around you. So I, I think you're right that it's your friends from years back, but also if your band is from years back too, you you do tend to. I think you you gel better musically when everyone's knows what each other's thinking yeah totally because when someone new comes in you don't know kind of like what expectation they're gonna have about you the same way as you know as, as backing vocalist you might be a little nervous to meet like the star but also they've got it's like oh how am I going to be perceived you know and how are people looking at me and then I don't know I think that makes you kind of nervous I think for George that made him quite a nervous person in, in yeah. a way around new people. Oh mm. no, you do feel vulnerable because I mean, there's an expectation of who that you know. Yeah, name because is. they're they're used to being on in front of people. Like some people that don't know you, they'd expect you to be the on version of Corin. You know. And you're not, you know, you do look fabulous all the time, but you might not want to be presenting that to, shh, yeah, <laughs> tell secrets. Um, but you don't always want to be presenting that side of yourself, you know, no, no matter how fabulous you are. It's like you need that ability to be okay to not be on all the time. Yeah. And not everyone is like that. And I feel like sometimes with kind of younger, newer acts who are maybe positioned at the front of a band that's been brought together for them without them being involved... They don't necessarily have that connection. It's a bit of a, a bit of a disconnect. But you, Corin, and George was the same. You know, very much kind of reliant on the band for that infusion of energy and musicality and understanding what it is that you do and being that like when you're on stage all together. You know, you're in that sort of together family type experience. Mm. Yeah, mm. and it comes out in the music as well. I think when you all know each other and you've kind of developed together it's nice to have a new blood in sometimes as well because it kind of wakes you up a bit and you're like oh where's that going but it i think it comes out of the music when you can rely on each other you know and also you can criticize each other without without yes. it being hurtful you can go well yeah, if that totally. works or you know that's so true yeah exactly you don't have to so much worry about oh is someone going to be like upset like oh i don't actually like that part you're singing there can you change it yeah you know don't, don't take it personally yeah, yeah exactly not everybody invites one of their backing singers to open up for them in Tokyo with their guitar on the spur of the moment either like you and Andy did to me I love which was that. just like what what are you talking about no, <laughs> no we didn't have a stage with you yeah we didn't <laughs> we didn't have a support slot and also you had just written this beautiful tune strumming it away in the dressing room or on the tour bus or wherever it was and it was just like that actually needs to be heard and you had the bottle to go and do it, not with no band. You were solo. You had just <laughs> walked on stage and opened the show for us. I mean, that that's something to spring on somebody in the middle of a tour. And you have to come <laughs> well, and do our show with us. But it sounded great and people loved it. Oh. That's so wonderful of you to do that, though. I know. It's really, that's really lifting. That's really lifting someone yeah. up. And, you know. Yeah, totally. Celebrating to everyone's kind of part to play in it. Yeah. And it was, um, yeah, that's no wonder we're friends. Yeah. <laughs> no wonder. So, Corinne, what are you doing now? What are you, how are you coping with, the, you know, lockdown and are you writing or? It's, well, I would like to say, yes, I'm having a really creative time and, you know, making the most of all this time doing nothing. But, but tell the truth, though. Uh, <laughs> I'm kind of, uh, it's almost like I'm a bit overwhelmed by it. There is so much space and time, but we're also having to rethink our future. And I think 
I'm sort of scrambling about thinking, well, I could do this, I could do that, I could paint some pictures to music, um, we could mm. do some solo things in front of a Zoom camera. I, I don't know, I think I haven't quite decided and we should just get on with it and do something loose. We're, we've done a few Zoom um, songs just to send out to our followers on Facebook, just to show that we're all here and surviving somehow. Um, with a few tracks doing a gig at some point, but that's everybody recording their parts separately. It, it's a bit strange. It's not quite the same as building up the vibe together in a room. And mm. I remember just before lockdown, we were rehearsing to go on a tour to Japan. And, um, you know, we sometimes do a sort of who's got a song we should do. And Mikey, the drummer, suggested a song and it just made me burst into tears because I thought the lyrics are describing Oh. Um, you know what's going on here it's a song called Don't Give Up on a Good Thing and and mm. I couldn't sing the song because I thought what if this is the last time we're all in a room together rehearsing it suddenly made me so emotional because I thought we've had such a special time over the last I don't know few decades we, we've really lived yeah there have been some bad times but this is kind of a strange time and it felt feels like a time of change but I think yeah that, like anything yeah. you've got to turn it to the positive we'll get through it mm. we've just got to be open and you know follow yeah our be open to, to new yeah I'd be open to new things it's be I was thinking the other day because I, I don't know if people really think about how much music how much we need music and I thought I wonder what would happen if for one day like anything you watched on TV, a film, or whatever, all the music was muted or there were no music on the radio or you weren't allowed to play music for a day. I think people would be quite down from it because it does, it lifts, it lifts you up. Music is really important. We're not emergency workers. Yeah, they've come first in the pecking order if we're going to be supported. But at the same time, they keep talking about the economy we don't really like to mention those kind of words in what we do because we just create things because we like it. But people come to this country, you know, ever since the Beatles, you know, they they expect us to be making music here and it's been one of our greatest imports. And I kind of think if they want all the monetary evidence, then, yeah, go to all the record companies, go and look on Spotify, go and look at all these places where people are you know, playing our music. In fact, I've just got a book that a friend of mine wrote, Sweet Dreams, um, just saying that around the mid to late 80s, uh, the American charts was 75% British music, you know. Yeah, true. And that's mm. one of the... That's far-reaching, yeah. far-reaching for yeah. a small island. Oh. But like you say, it's like... You know, initially when we're all kind of becoming aware of COVID and pre the sort of first lockdown period, and then nobody really knew what it was. And, you know, it, it was, generally speaking, a bit of a scary time because it was this kind of unknown beast of a disease. And obviously since then, we've gotten a bit more kind of used to it. But I know of so many people, including myself, I mean, we talked about doing this podcast for a long time, but I only got around to actually doing it during COVID. You know, you're kind of forced to find a different avenue for your creativity or find a different way to manifest it, mm. really. And sort I of think slowed you down, slowed everyone down. Because sometimes you're doing so much, aren't you? Yeah, absolutely. You get distracted with life. And there's, you know, creative people will find a way to create. You can't stop it. Really. We're thinkers. Yeah. So it's always good. Yeah, thinkers. we'll... 
We'll find a way. I'll we'll find, we'll a, find way. a way. They can't keep us down. <laughs> <laughs> They've tried. <laughs> oh. they never will. Well, we could probably talk for hours and hours, so you'll, we'll, you'll have to come back on and we can uh, continue our conversation. Yeah, we'll have to do a singing one as well. We'll have to get that Andy would, on the old Joanna. That would be great. I mean, I'm trying to work out how many people are allowed in our studio, if we can even go to the studio, or do we do it remotely, but... W- We'll find a way, like we said, you know, and we can yeah. find an interesting way of doing these things. I think it, you're right. We we just we're all about communication, really. We just want to connect with people, don't we? And exactly, yeah. We're pouring. It's so good to see we you, love you on Zoom. <laughs> and I love you too. I can't believe how long we've known each other, and just how lovely it is to hear your voices. Oh, woo! <laughs> yes. <laughs> I can't do it without a rehearsal. You're so spontaneous. (laughs) Thank you, Corinne. We love you. It's so lovely to speak to you. We'll see you soon. And great to speak to you again. See you. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it. Our fourth episode breakout with the lovely Corinne from Swing Out Sister, a real family affair. Speaking of which, need to give a quick shout out to my amazing 13-year-old Sammy, who did the theme music for our podcast that you can hear right now, and also my gorgeous daughter Georgia, who took the pictures of Shirley and I that you see on all of our third above images. And thank you for listening. We really do appreciate it. Feel free to like us, subscribe, and drop us a note. We'd love to hear from you. Until next time, take care 